Now entering the studio of ELR Prophetic Chef, where we're spreading the gospel throughout all nations. Thank you for being our guest. God bless you.
Speaking Right Restoration Ministry. This conference, entitled Women of Destiny Deliver Me, will break chains and open prison doors to set you free. God has sent three vessels that are anointed and appointed to carry you into your new place in him. On December 3rd, Prophetess Linda Lane from Manning, South Carolina, and on December 4th, Prophetess Daphne Burton from Northern California, and on December 5th, Dr. Satina Glory from Tallahassee, Florida. I'm telling you, this conference will be epic. Call in live at 516-387-1425. Again, 516-387-1425. Okay, they're on. You won't want to miss this. See you there. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining our podcast tonight. Amen. Um, We're going to go ahead and pray. Um, But the message will come from um, the book of Matthew. Matthew 9. Turn your Bible to Matthew 9. Praise the Lord. Matthew 9. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 9. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody hear me fine now? Okay, we hear, we hear you, Prophet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Our text comes tonight, uh, Matthew 9. Amen. Amen. Let's Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in our spirit, man. We bind the adversary and every devil at every level. They come against every witch, every warlock, everything not like God. I rebuke every retaliatory demonic force. And we pull down every stronghold, everything like God, not like God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. God, hide me tonight behind the cross that I may only see the word of God, not me, not myself, but the spirit of God that's within me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I thank God for today. Amen. Thank God for this opportunity to give you a word from the Lord himself. Um, Praise the Lord. Um, We're coming down from, again, Matthew chapter 9. This particular chapter was written by Matthew. Amen. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Amen. Praise the Lord. And um Matthew um it says it was it was more than any other disciple. Matthew had a clear idea of how much it would cost to follow Jesus. Again, I come to you as a as a word of the Lord, how uh, how much does it cost? What is the cost of following Jesus? And 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 this this disciple Matthew realized the cost of following Jesus. Amen. For several of us uh, as well, the cost of following Jesus might be be very expensive. Amen. Um, Because, you know, once we're following him, the enemy always has a target on our back. Uh, But I, Bondi adversary, again, I've learned to speak in the spirit and say um, to the enemy, I want your neck to destroy you at all costs. 
So you won't come against my family, my members, my children, uh, my everything. So I said, God, give me the enemy's nip so I can destroy him before he destroys to destroy me. Tonight I'm going to come from the Matthew, um, the um, the book of the the Life Application Bible. Amen. That God gives me. Sometimes I'll go around the different Bibles, but this is the night that He gives us the Life Application. And He says that two two changes happened to Matthew when he decided to follow a new life. God wants us to follow into a new life. Old things have passed away, but when we change, we not only just change um, our God, but our character, the things, the decision process that we make when we come and we change our gods and our ways. Amen. And this is what happened. Then, then Matthew was a a uh, a tax collector here. It says, and he not only belonged to a new group, but he belonged to the Son of God. Amen. So Matthew experienced points of each each of us have uh, in our process, our daily living. Because even though we walk in the spirit, the body does not move unless God gives us uh, commands for us to do so. But now here we begin to experience what's going to happen. When this man gets a hold of Jesus, and it says here, Life's Application Bible tonight, it says this. So he got into the boats. So we're learning about a peril, a paralyzed man. We must understand that we are paralyzed in many different ways. We can be paralyzed naturally. We cannot move. And when you are you have gone through so much, you actually feel that you are paralyzed because there's so much the things that are coming after you to destroy you, to change your mindset. Because the enemy does not want us to serve the living God. Again. So he got into the boat. And he crossed over and came to his own town. So Jesus was coming over to the other side. So Jesus got in the boat. And here he's moving. He's going to another town, another city, where he was to meet this paralyzed man. Paralyzed. Paralyzed. Sometimes we are paralyzed by our past. We are paralyzed sometimes in our future. We are paralyzed in the in right in the present because of all kinds of things that's going on around us. I don't know what happens when you become paralyzed. <laughs> 
Have you ever been uh, been in a cast and you broke something? So even though um, um, when you are now healed, but you still feel as if you are paralyzed. But this man who had an affliction, he just wanted to be healed. I don't know about you, but I think that I just want to be healed. Oh, hell's breaking loose in my life, but all I just want from Jesus is heal me. The pain, 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 pain. I don't just know if you've experienced pain, but pain will make you want to shoot your own mama, okay? Pain would rather die than not experience pain. Almost like a, a like, almost like a drug addict that all he wants to do is his next high, his next fix. He wants to be paralyzed so he cannot see the things around him. He wants to be paralyzed so he only wants, nobody wants to see his afflictions. He, he just wants to be paralyzed. Now the Bible does not say how he got paralyzed, how long he was paralyzed, but nevertheless, this man saw Jesus, but he recognized that he needed to be healed. Some of us walk on jobs every day, all fixed up, makeup, hairdo, hair done, long nails, but we're paralyzed, paralyzed in our minds because we feel that we're broken. I don't know about you, but there's been in my, my times in my life that I've felt just broken, broken uh, by circumstances, broken because of a mad marriage, broken because the very closest thing to me is no longer walking on the earth and I'm paralyzed, I'm lost, I don't understand, but Jesus you said in your word that you would never leave me, that will never forsake me, even until the ends of the world. But somehow tonight, I just feel paralyzed. I feel broken. I feel lost. I'm in a room full of people, but I'm still feeling alone. There's no communication in the spirit with God. They say there's a God, and I read my Bible. I go to church two or three times a week. I, I, I try to take care of myself, and I try to do things for other people like the Bible says, but sometimes we are just Broken by our past. Broken. Broken, broken, broken. It says, so he got into the boat and across over and came to his own town. And just then, some men brought to him a paralyzed, uh, paralyzed 
man on a mat. So he they they took him on a mat to approach Jesus. How do you approach Jesus? How do you approach Jesus in the morning when you get up in the morning? Are you looking terrible? Are you, you you're looking bad? Are you you are you, what the presence of God invokes in you when you come into the spirit of God? Uh, how do you approach a king? Well, in the natural, um, in fact, those days that when you approach the king, um, uh, first of all, you approached him and you bowed down to him. We honored him. We respect him because this very man that I'm approaching could take my life. He could he could tell anybody, um, um, okay, this one has to go, this one has to die. So even certain parts of the the New Testament that the people would uh, would be thrown to the lions in a and a and a process to being killed just for the fun of it. So how do you approach your king? How do you approach your King Jesus in the morning? Are you approaching him with prayer? Are you approaching him with disgust? Are you approaching him because you don't know what to do when you do what you do? How are you approaching your King Jesus? Well, this this, this paraplegic came on a mat. Somebody brought him to Jesus. And that's what we are as disciples of Christ. We have to bring somebody to into the presence of God and tell him about a man named Jesus that died on the cross for us, the same Jesus that got up on the same, the third day, the same Jesus uh, that was born of a, mo- of a woman, Mary, the same Jesus on the earth. How do we approach him in our pain and in our agony and uh, a loss of money, the loss of jobs, the loss of best friends, a, a loss of a dear mother, a loss of a father? How do you approach a king? But this Matthew, this tax collector, there is no reason that sometimes uh, for years ago it was about a money issue. Oh, everybody wants to be prosperous. Everybody wants to be rich. But the greatest riches that we can have in a life is King Jesus. So when Jesus enters in your space, when Jesus, when the presence of Jesus is before you, how do you approach a king? Well, Esther always says in the book of Esther, they begin to prepare their bodies a whole year ahead of time. 
when 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 the queen um um uh was was put out of business because she didn't bow down to her old drunken husband they took these women in the harem and they began to 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 bathe them and plead them and taught them how to do their hair and taught them how to approach the king and taught them how to befriend people hallelujah and they the men that were around these beautiful women were all in it. In other words, they weren't capable of having sex. They didn't have they weren't capable of intimacy physically. But they had the intimacy of God in order to teach the women how to approach a king. And we have to learn in ourselves, in our in our sovereign mind of God, that we have to learn how to approach a God, the God that loves us, in spite of our nasty, mean, evil, cantankerous ways in God. We must know how to approach our King Jesus. Says again, and this, and uh, this, some of the scribes said among themselves, "This is blasphemy." Of course, you have the you have the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they were all into the law. So, if you did anything that was not correct, they were always upset. So the fact that Jesus would be there and possibly have the audacity to heal, they were offended. Like some of us, we have friends, we have friends, we have, have and so much friends, but we have associates because it's a difference between a friend and associate. An associate is somebody, maybe I'm on my job, or an associate is somebody I'm just used to going to lunch with or I meet or have to know. But a friend, the Bible says, a friend should be stick closer than a brother. But your relationship, your relationship, are you paralyzed in something today? Spiritually, are you paralyzed spiritually something in your life right now? Are you paralyzed because somebody walked off and left you? Are you paralyzed because my children, your children don't pay attention to you? Are you paralyzed and you don't have any friends of your own and you don't know Christ for your love? So what kind of paralyzing are you in right now? that you can't see the forest from the trees. Why? Because we're self-centered. We aren't, we aren't focused on the things of God. What Timothy says, for in the last days, men will become lovers of themselves more than loving God. But it's a good thing that these people decided they were going to take this paralyzed, sick, injured man that looked like nobody wanted him, cared for him, and only, only heard of Jesus. 
God wants us to go out and, and go into the vineyard and bring people to Jesus. What happens if nobody had told you about Jesus? What what would happen if somebody had, had hadn't seen that light in you? The light that's supposed to sit on a hill, that, that light's supposed to open open in a hole when you walk into a building that the that light follows you. And when you come in there and all of a sudden everybody's happy and everybody starts laughing and everybody's start uh taking jokes and, and, and even they recognize the anointing on you. They might not, not understand what we, we believe about God, but they know something different. Why? Because they were in the presence of a king. So where is your heart? Where do you belong? What are you paralyzed by? What has got so much attention on you and you can't focus on God? What is so important that you can just make up in your mind to give your life to Christ tonight? Because the Bible tells us that tomorrow is not promised. There is no guarantee that you will live past this 24-hour period. How long do we have to make a decision to give our life to Christ? Because you want to hold on to broken dreams. You want to hold on to... A husband and cheated and lied and don't want to do anything for you. You want to hold on to to those things because it's comfortable when you're in pain. It's sometimes it's a comfort in pain because all you know is that there is pain and that pain is constant. The pain is is taking away from the fact that I need help from God because when God calls us to the kingdom, or make a decision which el- which elevator we're going to go, whether we're going to go to hell or to heaven, it is your decision. It is not your husband's decision. It is not your children's decision. It's not your mama's decision. Your day date it is nobody. It's your decision. It's which direction you want to go. Oh, well, you know, I forgot. We live in the age of, oh, there ain't no hell. Oh, no. There, there ain't, oh, there ain't no hell, you know, because there's a whole bunch of atheists. There, there's, there's no hell. Uh, we're just going to live like this forever, and it's going to be fine, and, you know, and there's no lots to eat and lots of places to go and lots of places to go to shop in. But, ladies and gentlemen, we will die from this body. Where will you end up in eternity? What options do you have when you're so focused on your pain? You're so focused on how you've been beaten. You've been focused on how the children just going crazy. You are so focused on the folks on your job that don't like you. You are so focused on people in your life that's been so mean to you all day long, and and you just want you just you you got you're a good person, and you just you always try to treat people right. But it looks like I'm always the bad guy in every situation, and I'm just doing the best that I can. 
long are you going to live and being paralyzed spiritually? Mm. How long can you, 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 and you, and you, you right here, here, hearing me under the sound of my voice, how long can you be paralyzed? How long are you going to get somebody and just wait for somebody to take you and put you in the pool so you can be delivered? How long? How much? How much anger? How long you're running for everything else but Jesus? How long? Uh, how, how? When am I going to start trusting in the almighty God? Because the word ain't nothing but a word. But live this thing. Breathe this thing. Think on these things. Paul said, think on these things. Think that you're broke. Think that you're busted. Think that you're disgusted. Think you think there's no hope. It looked like the world is a mess and you're a part of it. And you tell me to go to church on Sunday. That's the only thing you can tell me to do. Go to church doesn't seem like it's a good idea and I I decide I'm just well I'll just I'll just get up late and then I'll just say oh I'm going to church and when I get to church uh, if I get to church because the enemy now has a mark on your back and you haven't decided that you to go to church the enemy has a target on your back because he doesn't want you to get saved because he knows the damage that you can do in the kingdom because oh girl you had a bad reputation but they see the new you and say no that can't be you no that can't be Teresa no that can't be somebody else no why because God can change us in an instant when we want to be changed Bible says, take no thought for tomorrow. Will we be, be here another day? Will we be here another year? Will we be here next New Year's Eve? This is the question that I I pondered to you today in this word. While Jesus is going to the other side to, to heal a man that's paralyzed. And he was laying down on a mat waiting for Jesus. Seeing their faith. Doesn't say whose faith it was. Doesn't say who it was. He said, but there. It says, seeing their faith. Jesus told the paraplegic, have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Have faith. Have courage. Sometimes we have to take stuff. As the scripture says, take it by force. I ain't waiting. To, I'm not waiting for you to give me some, anything anymore. We're too late in the evening now. Sometimes we got to just take things by force. Take 
what I need. Take my salvation. Take my deliverance. Take whatever I have, God, and use it for your will. Because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we got to have courage. Courage means don't fear. Don't fear about what nobody says. Don't fear about what you have or what you don't have, because God can replace anything if he wants to replace it. He says, but have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. So God's telling us tonight, take courage. You are already forgiven. Before you ask God, God has already forgiven you. Before you said you you remind God of your past, God says, I already know about your past. He says, but I've already forgiven you. Why you weren't you let the enemy talk to you, talk to your mind, talk to your spirit, talk, talk to you and make you acting confused, confused like you don't know what you're sowing. They don't know what you're doing because what the enemy does is he's tried to make you feel confused in your own skin. Because if I keep you unbalanced, if I keep you upside down, if I can keep you confused, I can keep you lost, I've got a head up on you. Yes, because you're talking mind games. The enemy plays mind games with you. If you have to write things down, uh, uh, put the right things down because the enemy will play with your mind. Spiritually, the enemy will play with your mind, uh, and, and financially, the enemy will play with your mind. Uh, I, I'm just going to go and buy me a new dress every week because I, I just want to feel better about myself. But let me tell you what, if you don't feel good on the inside, I don't care what you're wearing on the outside. You're just going to be a mess, as my daughter says, a hot mess in every, dro- every dress you put on. Why? Because it's the inside man in you. That has already forgiven us. Sometimes we hold on to our hurt. We're holding on. Them, them demons done moved on to another person. Them, and them demons just well, I, I got you. Let me go get somebody else while you hold it on. And remember, 30 years ago, with some somebody you done stole, stole somebody stole something from you, or somebody didn't like you, and somebody didn't like wanted to fight you when you were 10 years old, and you're 62 years old now, and all this kind of stuff. No, that's the devil is a liar. Come to the present and stop living in the past. Yes, the Bible tells us we must forgive. But you have the option after you forgive of what you want with your life and your future. Again, yes, we must forgive. But when you forgive, you have the options at what you choose to do. And then God moves on your behalf. What is your desire? He says, he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
It's not their heart. It's your heart. He's working on your heart. He's working your mindset. He's working on the inside. He's working on the outside. Because if you don't work on the inside and the outside, I don't care. Like, again, what you wear, what you do, you can go buy a $1,000 bottle of perfume, but you're still going to stink anyhow. Because your mindset is, I am not enough. That's why we get tore up from the floor up when somebody don't walk off and leave you. Or they, they get, you get tore up from the floor up because you think you did something you want. You know, a demon ain't nothing but a demon. And if a demon want to do whatever you want to do, let the demon do what he want to do. You pray for him. You forgive him. But you make a decision tonight that I'm making my lifetime is changing in Christ. I'm changing my attitude to the things of God. I'm Making up in my mind, I'm getting in my Bible. I'm going to find somebody that's going to teach me the Word of God. And when I get upset, I'm going to take subject to the person that's mature in the faith to say, I'm not going to make do what the enemy wants me to do. I'm going to take courage. I'm going to take courage and say whatever they tell me to do right now because I don't have a clear mind. This what happens. This. This is paraplegic. He had sat there and he did not have a clear mind. And we was one, it was wondering, but that's what God told him. He says, have courage. Have bravery. Have enough nerve to get up and go on. Get up and go on. Get up and move on. Get up. Don't look back. Because you look back, you go back. Get up. Get up. Move on. Move out and do what God called you to do. Because I don't care how many children you have. I don't care how many cars you have. If God wants to bless you with something else, it will come. It will have it will find you. You don't have to look for a man. You don't have to look for a best friend. You don't have to look for this, look for that. But when you make up your mind that you have made up, you want to live for Jesus, you can get up and take courage. Take courage. Have courage. And then he called him son. Now, he'd never seen this person in the natural he said, but have courage, son. That word son means there's a relationship now that the, that the man now sees, but Jesus knew it all before. Remember, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and I have a plan for you. So God's already know and calling him, son, you are already forgiven. Now, it's a thing. Some people use uh, sin as an excuse. And you know why? Because have you ever gone to the church and you've seen um, all these people, these ladies or, or these ladies or, or men, if, if there's women pastors, you ever go, they sit in the front row and they give, they get so much attention to that preacher, okay, because that's a seducing spirit. 
And the women recognize what they're doing. And let me tell you how you know, because when you're sitting on the front row and your shirt, your, your skirt is so short and the man's preaching, there's a seducing spirit at one to try to take the preacher to come out of his, his spirit in order to see what you're doing, what you're saying, how you smell. And well, it's a man, it's the same thing. Because men do the same thing. I know I've been to preach revivals and stuff like that over the years ago. The men would come up to you after that, and they'd hate, they not so much hug you, but they uh, shake your hand, and they put phone numbers in your pocket, in your, in your, in your hands. So it is not the man, it is not the woman, it is the spirit, because the spirit is drawing you to them. That's why the spirit pulls on the apostles or the pastors or the preachers. Why? Because they want that thing, that things that's pulling them. They're pulling at their spirit. So what we have is, ladies and gentlemen, is a spiritual warfare and just about everything that we do. Good versus evil. Love versus hate. Sin versus I love Jesus. But Jesus told him, son, you are my son, and I forgive you. Miranda, God forgives you. Stop holding on to the past. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot live your life in the past. You've got to go forward. God has a calling on your life. You have children in your life that God has created for days, for greatness in your children. So we've got to take courage. We can't be paralyzed by things. We can't be paralyzed by attitudes. We can't be paralyzed by churches. We can't be paralyzed by, by because I'm skinny, I'm fat, I'm tall, I'm white, I'm black, I'm Hispanic. We can't be paralyzed because the only thing God sees is a man or a woman or Greek word, the man or mankind. Because he's already forgiven us. Just think about it. Before you got to the cross, God had already died for you. Ooh, that's a word right there. Before you thought about giving your life to Christ, he had already died for you for this day, this hour, this second, this millisecond. God had already died for you. But here comes the here comes the devil in the form of the the scribes and the Pharisees. These were two religious re, religious groups, and these these uh, groups of of church folks or Jews were upset that Jesus was about there to heal this individual. They were religious. But they had no relationship. 
people say, oh, 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 I, I, I come to church, but you know, they, they, they make me feel bad because I didn't, I didn't have a proper dress or I didn't have a tie on, I didn't have a suit on, and I, I, I'm so sorry, but I, no, 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 he doesn't care, care how you come. He wants us to come to him. But the religious people, some of you seen those little people in church, uh, some kind of these little sanctified churches, they have this little white thing on their on the top of their head. I guess that's supposed to represent purity. Some churches you go, you go to the Catholic churches, and they do all this bowing and, and this, that, and the other, and father, you know, all this other stuff. It is a ritual. It is not a relationship. And what they needed then is we need more now. For example, the man does, remember that uh, recently there was a young man, there was a um, um, uh, a killing of people at this, this, this um, concert. These people didn't care they got killed. They were running towards the stage. There was uh, pyrotechnics everywhere. They were bowing and they were cursing and saying all kind of foul languages. Why? Because they were following and they were bowing there to their gods. If you go back and look at it, they were bowing. It almost looked there was a sea tranquility of people that were bowing and jumping and shouting and preaching. Why? Because the church, the the, the Satan mimics the church. Satan mimics the church. The Jews, they mimicking God. They did remember. They didn't recognize Jesus as King of the of glory. They did not recognize Jesus was the one that died on the cross. They did not recognize the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He did not. They did not recognize. But they were shouting about laws and rituals, all kinds of stuff like that. Why? Because they didn't have an intimate relationship with God. And some of us want to have intimate relationships with husbands. Sometimes we want to have intimate relationships with boyfriends. We want to have intimate relationships woman to woman and man to man. That is not God. The most intimate thing that you can have is a relationship with Christ. Because the only thing you can do that my mother always told me, she said, Glenda, you can never run away from you. You can run away from your friends. You can run away from your job. You can run away from everybody else and move to a whole new country. But you can't get away from you. So the only way you can get yourself together is in God. But this paralegic could move. This paraplegic, he did not say he had a relationship, and he did not recognize that he was already forgiven. But verse 4 says this, but perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said, why are you thinking evil things in your heart? That's a part of prophetic office as well. 
Have you ever just went to a church and God allowed a word come out and you know that word came just from you, just came from God? Because it's so intimate. God knows our thoughts from afar off. God knows everything back. Uh, the prophetic office walks. I speak the present, I speak the past, and I, I speak the future. That is the prophetic office. That is the office the prophet speaks. Why? Because he has a relationship with Christ. Not everyone can have or will have a close, intimate relationship with God. And that comes with prayer. That comes with fasting. That comes with being set apart for the master's use. But he says, but perceiving their thoughts. I want you to know that God's perceiving your thoughts. In other words, God knows what you're thinking before you think it. God even knows right now everything you're thinking as I open my mouth. God knows your thoughts right now from 10 years ago and the thoughts you're going to think in the next 15 or 20 minutes. God knows us intimately. And that's what we have to build on tonight. Like this paraplegic. He knew physically he couldn't move. He knew he was paralyzed. He knew that if Jesus had not come to this town, he would not have access to Jesus. So if you had not placed that you are tonight, you would not have had access to Jesus right here on this line. On this line tonight, we're we're ministering over over different twenty something countries. That's not including the United States of America. Not, that's not including about at least thirty something states in the United States. Why? Because we have right now on this line access to Jesus. And what are you going to do with your access? Are you going to go back the way you came? Are you going to live the rest of your life in your past? Are you going to live thinking about what I could have done or what I did or did I? Are you going to always say, oh, life is not fair? God knows, the Bible says, in Job 13, he says, God, you know the way that I take. God, I don't understand this mess. I don't know what all that happened. I don't know why this happened to me. He says, you know, God. And even my business no more. I can't hold on to dead things anymore. And that's the problem. We hold on to dead things for years and years and years because you're thinking people are going to change. You change. You're thinking. You're thinking. You think because people are going to change. And then they get bold enough to say they ain't going to change. And then you're stupid enough to stay there anyway because the enemy, when the enemy will tell you what they ain't going to do, it let me tell you what they ain't going to do it. And if they do it. It's only because they think you might do something different this time. Sometimes you have to put yourself first. Sometimes, sometimes we all, we got to start looking inward. You can be beautiful on the outside 
and you can be tore up from the floor up. You can be messed up and ugly, no personality, no nothing, no education. You can be tore up and look beautiful on the outside, and they love you to death. Why? Because they don't really know you. Mm-mm. And then people don't realize, let me tell you what, men, a lot of men don't realize it's not about how handsome they are, but it's about how they make you feel, that how they make you feel special, when they make you feel that you are number one in their life. Listen, it takes a whole bunch, it takes a whole bunch for for a woman to fall in love, but if she ever come out, come, come out of love, let me tell you what, clink, clink, close the door, keep her moving, because ain't nothing going to change no more. Why? Because they close their hearts on the inside. Or you look at about what they've done to you. But Jesus died on a cross just for you. Jesus came to this town just to heal this man. I believe that. That's why I believe he says, he said, have, have, almost like a waiter, have courage. Like you say, have a cigarette, have a blanket, have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And at this, some of the scribes said among themselves, he is blaspheming the hearts. So the enemy comes in to come in to change your mindset. They don't like what you're saying. So they, they can't talk about anything because all they see the man saying, you're forgiven. So you just, now you want to argue. You're religious, you want to argue. You, you, you're there, you, 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 every day, you're doing what you're doing, you're feeding the floor, you're picking folks up, but you're religious. You're not relational. Relational requires love. Religious, it's just a thing to do. Religion is that I bow down because I'm Catholic. I bow down because I'm Presbyterian. I go to the UME Church, and the UME Church is called they're called um the they're called the 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 the, the people are singers. So, so that's why all when you go to those the UME churches, all of us are singing because they're, they're called the singing people. Uh, that was the forte for their particular thing. The Pentecostals they just run around in a circle and. Praise God and whatever, but everybody has their own forte. But it is a fact that do you know Jesus for yourself? If you got mad enough, are you still going to be saying Jesus? Are you still going to be cursing? If you if you love Jesus, are you gonna if you gonna keep your marriage vows? If you if you love Jesus, oh well, it really don't matter. Ain't nobody gonna know. I can get away with it because God loves me. Yes, God loves you, but God doesn't love our sin. And I'm talking my sin, every sin I've ever done, God forgave me, but the Bible says you 
people, you preachers, you teachers, the Bible says this, not Glenda, that you shall reap what you sow. And it says, but has, it says, heaven and dirt, earth shall pass away, but not my word. That means you can't reap it in heaven, you can't reap it in hell, which means everything you've done wrong to anybody in this lifetime, you will get it back before you leave here. So you wonder why so many people live such a long time? Why? Because they're living in order to get back what they have put out. That's why you have to be so careful how you treat people. That's how you have to be careful what they, how you say things to people. You have to be so careful what you do to them in the name of Jesus. No, yes, God forgives, but God is not a lie. The word of God is not a lie. He will do what this word says to do. And here the prophet here, Jesus is perceiving the thoughts of the people. And the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the, those people that, that were mad with Jesus. For which is easier for you to say? Your sins are forgiven? <laughs> or say, get up and walk. So is it easy for me to say get up, or is it is it easy for you just to say nothing? Here was a parallax between the two things. Which is easier? They're both the same. I forgive you whether you're sitting down or getting up. I forgive you whether you're sleeping or you're talking. I forgive you no matter what you do, because God told us we must forgive. And the scripture does say, how many times must I forgive? So that means forever you forgive, you let go, and let God do his thing. While the Pharisees were so upset, but your sins are forgiven. And he told the paraplegic, "Get up, pick up your mat." So now he's just, now Jesus is coming directly to the paraplegic and saying, "Get up, get up from your mess, get up from your crime, get up from your sin, get up from your lying, get up from your cheating, uh, get up from doing all this kinds of mess you've been doing. The, the secret things that don't know about." Nobody about you, but I want you to know that God knows every pimple on our head. God, the Bible says he knows the very hairs on our head. So if he knows my hair, so if I've got 5,000 hairs on my head, he knows number 602,422. Why? Because the Bible says he knows us intimately, but yet he loves us anyhow. So he tells the paraplegic, he says, get up, get up, pick up your mat and go home. So if you told him to get up, that means you can change your position now. You're just not laying flat. You can't do nothing. But I'm speaking in the name of Jesus that this body would be healed because he said, I perceive. So that's the spirit part of it. And it's talking about the natural part. He says, get up. 
get up. Not just get up. He didn't say leave nothing behind. He says get up, pick up, okay, your mat, and go home. So he gave him instructions. He says, one, get up, two, pick up, three, and go home. So he's telling the paralytic, get up, you done got your miracle. Get up, don't worry about it. Get up, it's all over. Get up, your sin is forgiven. Get up, I can provide a job for you. Get up, no matter what, you feel like you don't have favor, but because I'm God, I can speak to favor, and favor can folks call you. He can take your, your phone number from the bottom of application and find you a job tomorrow. Why? God will make you a job. And I can tell you that. I remember I was talking to my daughter years ago, and she's like, I want a job. I want a job. I want to move. I want to get out of this. I want to get out of that. And so I said, you know, Erica, God told me to tell you I'm going to make a, a job for you. Well, the last two jobs she's had where they have made positions and made jobs for her and hired her back. Why? God can make a job just designed for you so strategic that nobody can do what you do to the point that they will pay you more and give you take your computer home do your job from work do what you want to giving you pay and your other job that if you didn't work you didn't you didn't get the money for the holiday but God will give you the fine favor and that's why God told to, to the paralyzed men get up Pick up and go home. And that's what I want to tell y'all tonight. Get up, pick up, and go home. Get up from your mess, your crying, your tears. Get over it. Get up, pick up your mess, and go home. Because as long as the enemy got you crying every night, every t- all the time the enemy gets you upset and gets you cussing, every time you get upset, you know what the enemy does? He sat right there and laughs in your face. You've got to know that Jesus is in control of your life when you give your life to Christ. And you don't roll, you don't roll with the religious folks. Cause I believe somewhere, uh, 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 there's a special place in hell when we get there for religious folks. They have religiosity. They bow. They fall out. They know when to jump. They know when to shout. They know when to fall out. They know to look prestigious. They look like they're powerful. They look like they're smart. They look like they're intelligent. But I want you to know a lot of that exactly what it is. It look like. Do you look like you're impressive? You look like you're, you looking like, but let me tell you what, the enemy, what he does is he mirrors God. Because he wanted to be like the most high God. And that's how he got kicked out of heaven. And I can't, I declare, I declare and decree tonight, we've got to learn to put our foot on the enemy's neck. We can't play with the devil anymore. Oh, you just come home when you want to come home. And home when you don't want to come home. It's okay, baby. Oh, it's just okay. Whatever you want to do, I just love you. No, no, get up, pick up, and go home. 
don't take down to the enemy. Get up, pick up, get your mat, and go home. And then the Bible says he followed God's instructions, and he got up. See, that's that's the smart. Fine, you got to get somebody when you don't understand things, take their advice because God talks about there's some silly women in the gospel. They only just, it ain't just the silly women in the clubs and the silly women in the, no, silly women in the church. Get up and go home and ride that train. And when them children don't want to act right, you act like you're a mad black woman. Tear every tail up in the household and say, I'm the new sheriff on town. Get up. Pick up and go home. And he got up and went and went home. Giving such an authority to the man. So once you give your life to Christ, once you make up in your mind that you're walking for Christ, the same, the authority of God within you, that same authority now resides. He moves in you. He takes up residence you. He takes the, you have the authority within your body right now, spiritually, to do what you have ordained to do. You pick up your bed and you move on. You, you dry your your tears and you move on. If it takes two and a half drops, you take care of your children. You do what God have called you to do. Why? Because He's given you power. He has given you the authority now to the man. That's what he says. It says, and they went awe struck. And gave glory to God, who had give, who has given such authority to me. Ladies and gentlemen, you, once you give your life to Christ, I'm talking about the the, the saved ones, and I'm talking about the ones who need a, another touch, and the ones that 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 haven't given the life. When you, re, the Bible tells us to repent a, every day, die daily. Now, don't die because an excuse to sin. See, because God knows our will. God knows our will. God knows our desires. And God knows that. And yes, he forgives. But it's not an excuse to not do what God has called us to do. But this paraplegic got healed. And this paraplegic learned to take instructions. That's why a lot of times we get in a mess. Why? Because we don't take instructions. Got to put people in our lives to give us instructions in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our trials, when we don't have any money, when we don't have anybody we can trust to. And, and a godly person is in there that prays and fasts and talks to you, but you have the, we have the audacity to not listen. Because the enemy, the last thing the enemy wants you to do is to get saved. 
and give your life to Christ. But this paraplegic, this man, he heard what God told him. He says, get up, pick up your bed, and go on. That's what I want you to do tonight, spiritually. Yes, you are in your home. Yes, you might be in your car. Yeah, you might be some, but we're talking spiritually moving from one destination to the other, from one place to the other. There's a shift in the atmosphere for those who want to change their position or change their posture in God. That's the difference when you just standing and you hallelujah and you're going over the over, over that that thing and then sometimes you'll get down at the altar and you just want to lay out before God and sometimes you say it just gets so good because I'm so wrapped up in God because I have to stay that way because I know that uh, some of us uh, if we don't stay close to God we be some cussing saints lying saints fornicating saints and just call it like it is a, a, a dirt a dirt bag gonna be a dirt bag, but when you say you're a new created being, we must follow Jesus' principles. Not the Sadducees, not the Pharisees, not no, the principles of Jesus Christ. That Matthew, this Matthew, this 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 tax collector. This man, this is the same Matthew. He could have sold that rug. He didn't have nothing to lay on. But Matthew, this Matthew, that followed Jesus. And that's what Jesus all wants us to be. He wants us to be his disciples, his set-apart ones, his Holy Ghost-filled ones. These are the people of God that we must go out and witness to and teach them, get up, pick up your bed and walk. One foot in front of the other. Don't look back. That's why the Bible says, he told lot them, why? Don't look back. Because a lot of times when we look back, we fall back. We get weaker, and we go, well, I don't know what to do. What do you mean, what? You don't know what to do. What what are you going to do? You're going to stay in depression the rest of your life? Are you going to get up, sit up, and get up? And the man took God's uh, instructions. And he wasn't worried about the religious folks. He wasn't worried about the sanctified folks. Them folks that are, you know, that love you in the church when you walk out the door and they'll tell you, I can't stand her. Those are religious people. Those are religious people that go to church on Sunday because that's the only time they go to church on Sunday because Sunday is a Sunday is a day we go to church. You don't go to church because of relationship. 
You don't go to church because cause, cause I need to get closer to God. You don't go to church because, well, you know, I, I just know I always grew up. I had to go to church on Sunday, so I'm just used to going to church. In fact, I just leave I just leave the whole house on, Sunday, uh, on Saturday night and go home just in time to go into church for Sunday school. Why? Because it's a, relig- it's a ritual. It's not relationships. Because in relationships, there is an intimacy time with God. In relationships, I know who my Redeemer is. In relationship, it's all right to cry sometimes. In relationships, sometimes I just want to lay down on the ground all that time and just get up in the morning and just say, Jesus, I thank you. Just one more night with you, Jesus. Esther said, uh, just one night with the king. Just just one night. Just all, all I want is the king. And I, I just, just one night. So I'm going to fast for three days. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to fast for three nights and, and I'm getting all pretty and I know I'm not supposed to go into the sea see the king but I got to see King Jesus I got to see God for myself I, I got to see God for myself I got to see the holy mountain I've got to see Jesus for myself I'm not going to Step back no more. I'm not going to pretend I know everything. I can't pretend that I know everything. You know, those folks in life, they, they know everything. Before you say one word, they say, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Those are idiots. Those are idiots. Because there's nowhere in the Bible says that one man knows everything. And if it's in the Word of God, please text me. Please write me. Show it is. Show me where it is so I can read it. Ain't nobody know everything about everybody, can see everything and everybody at every time but Jesus. I don't care what apostle you. I don't care what prophet you. I don't care what event you only can see what God spiritually can let you see. Some have more gifts than others. But you know what? It's all the same gifts. But it's operating under a different administration. I've got to see Jesus for myself. And when I got there, he told me, I'm already set free. Are you free tonight? Are you free from drug addictions? Are you free from drinking alcohol? Are you free from whoremongering? Are you free from just knowing who you are. Sometimes our our worst enemy is us. The enemy is in me. Because I've been frustrated and aggravated. And I I don't know when to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I'm just fed up. I don't know what to do. I'm 
crazy because the enemy right now, there's a spirit on the earth that people are killing each other for no reason at all. There's a spirit on the earth that people don't like each other for the color of the skin. It's a, it's a spirit on the earth that the Catholics are so much into bow dowing, but this was the same religion that has the one of the most, the wealthiest church in the world is a Catholic church, but the church there is a building. We're talking about the building that resides in us. Where is your relationship? If you die tonight, did your priest get there in time? If you die tonight, is your apostle get there when you died and pray with you? Do you know Jesus for yourself? All I know is we've got to get in the face of God and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. For you said in your book in Romans 10, when I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, okay? So if I confess with my mouth but don't believe in my heart, I'm still not saved, or vice versa. He says, and. So if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, that Jesus was raised from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. So it doesn't matter whether you're in a church or out of church. It doesn't matter. uh, You can be religious and not know Jesus, but do you know him and the pardon of his sins so that when we get off this line tonight and we get off this line and tomorrow and somebody says that one of us is taken away in the midnight hours and you left. Where would you be? Let's close our heads, close our eyes, right where you are. Close your eyes, right where you are. Everybody on the sound of my voice, close your eyes. Because the reason I say close your eyes right now, I just hear God saying to tell y'all to close your eyes. So that you can't see your surroundings. You can't be distracted by the enemy because the enemy's job, one of his primary things is to distract. And you know why he's trying to distract and destroy? Your spirit, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings. Father, you know the intent of our heart. And God, you judge us because of the intent of our heart. So when we can say that, God, we didn't mean to this, we forgive us, but he knows the intricacies of our heart, and he knows whether we're lying or not. Father, heal everybody's mind, if it's your will, on the sound of my voice. Whether we've been beaten by husbands or whether we've been cussed out or lied on or cheated on, God, teach us how to forgive. Because we have to answer to God. And then God, teach us how to love unconditionally. Because I'm not going to let nobody, God, to keep me from getting to the kingdom of God and to sing my mother one day. 
Father, I repent for my sins. Father, I, I repent for everything knowingly, unknowingly. I repent for every shortfall in my life. I repent. I've got to ask you in the name of Jesus, God, to give us our sin, our slackness, our arrogance, our meanness, our controlling issues. God, save me all over again. Everybody under the sound of my voice, God, save them all over again as if we are new creatures in you. Please, Father. I need you. I need the very breath that I breathe tonight. And I speak a word from Ezekiel 30 to 7. It says, as he says, he said, he's, Ezekiel is having a conversation um, 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 with God. And, and God asked him, he says, man, uh, 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 do you know? Ezekiel says, Father, you know I don't know. So, Father, we ask you tonight, God, we don't know the way that we take. Wash us, cleanse us, save us. God, save all of our children. God, save all of our grandchildren. God, teach us the way, and not just teach us the day, way. Walk, do the way, and not just do the way, but say it and do it and mean it and live. The Bible says, Isaiah, it says, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of glory. So if the, her, the whole earth is full of glory, then we have the capacity to live holy before the Lord Jesus Christ. No excuses. Help us to believe and help us in our unbelief where we fall short. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For God perceives your thoughts. Jesus knows who you are. God knows the very numbers on your head. God knows everything we think it before we think it. And yet he still yet love us. Amen. God bless you. I'll give you all five or ten minutes. If anybody wants to make a comment at any time, you are free to speak at this time. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For I perceive their thoughts, plural. Every little word in this Bible, every letter has a meaning. This Bible was written under the unction of the Holy Ghost. So if he says, but, or if he says the word, um, and he knows, or Jesus says, why are you thinking blasphemous hearts? Every word in this Bible is written to educate, communicate, and love. Everything in this Bible, from the beginning of the book, from the Alpha to the Omega, is for our understanding and our knowledge that we would be a, 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 a mature saint 
We can't have another 30 years of being immature and we're 89 years old and 90 years old and we're immature. My God. We should be now spiritually mothering and fathering people in the gospel. We have no excuses because Jesus loved us and died for us before we were ever formed. Amen, amen. I'll turn it over to the apostle for a minute. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen. We thank everybody for tuning in to our ELR, Prophetic Shift Podcast Network, where we're spreading the word of God throughout the nation. It's truly been a blessing. On tonight, just hearing the word uh, in our work, in our, um, and this was one of those messages that we constantly have to renew our minds. We constantly have to renew the things. Uh, and, and sometimes we do have the tendency by human form. Um, we we tend to get into our our own feelings, or we tend to get into our own emotions that would distract us from you know our assignment or what's surrounding us. Um, we we'll give God glory on tonight for those who had um, tuned in on tonight. Uh, supported, Amen. We thank you. Everybody for just uh family and for this line and, and yeah, family and everyone that is resting on this line, keep your body in prayer. Because it's a war. It's a war in the area, it's war in the atmosphere, it's war. Amen. And we have to constantly have to be on our feet. So we thank God for what he's doing on tonight. Amen. God bless you. And I'm gonna turn it back over to the prophet. Amen. To close us out. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, um, believe it or not, in every different areas of the world, there there breed different demonic forces of every level. So we must be in prayer, okay? Because we don't know the hour or the day. There are signs of the times, and every day you wake up in the morning, there's something there that knows that Christ is on his way back. And I really believe, ladies and gentlemen, that he's sooner and he's closer than we think. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. I think it's closer than we think. So there's no time to slumber or sleep. There's no time to... Pretend there's no time to be religious and not have a relationship with Christ. We have no time not to have a consistent prayer life. We have no time to to do what you want to do and pretend. Uh, there's no time. Christ is on his way back. Timothy says, for in the last days, men and women become lovers of themselves. They're selfish. They're self-opinionated. They're doing all kinds of things. And the Bible speaks of this. My God. The men don't want to be, but men want to be women, and the women want to be men, or or, or, or they want to know which sex they want to be, and, and then the, the boys and they have the girls' bathroom and all this other stuff 
This is a sign of the time that Christ is on way back. There's never had been times where everybody can walk around with a computer in their hand, the computer chip that has information. This is the information age. This is a sign of the time. This is a time that this year alone, Israel, who, uh, uh, of course, changed their, 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 their leadership. And so you have a new leader in Israel, okay? So Israel, which is in control, or God always follows, uh, takes care of his own people. At one time, there was a time you have, you have Pakistan, you have all these countries now are fighting for power. You've got God and Magog, which represents um, uh, Russia and a couple of other countries right in there in the area. No, the God is on his way back. When you study your Bible, you can see the signs of the time. Mm-hmm. Check yourself yeah. before you wreck yourself because this man picked up his bed mm-hmm. and followed the instructions of God. Not a thing, not a people, not a denomination, but he picked up his bed and he followed Christ and he was healed. And God spoke to him, you already healed. You already delivered. You already changed. You already got a different mindset. Why? Because God spoke it in the atmosphere. And it's already done. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. You thank you for empowering me through the word of God. God, thank you for hiding behind the cross. Thank you, God, that the enemy had not uh, taken a thought or a mindset from me. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for empowering me in your holy word. I thank you for the anointing that you have set in me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, saints. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, uh, our different countries. Thank you everywhere, and we see you next Thursday night. God bless you. Bye-bye now.